Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends related, Shining Time Station, the Railway Series, etc. I'm Orion. And I'm Tony. And today we're going to be continuing our Season 3 commentaries of Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. And uh, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Last time we looked at A Scarf for Percy, Percy's Promise, and Time for Trouble. And today we'll be looking at Gordon and the Famous Visitor, Donald's Duck, and Thomas Gets Bumped. So uh, we'll just uh, jump right into it here with Gordon and the Famous Visitor. And you can get that pulled up however you'd like to watch that. And you can go ahead and press play now. So here we have the first instance of a real engine showing up within the TV series. Because, of course, City of Truro is a real engine. Um, And this would happen a few times during uh, mostly season three, although there would be one major occurrence in season four. Uh, Although... Oddly enough, this is also the first occurrence of an engine without a face. We don't actually see the front of City of Truro, but even the behind-the-scenes... If you look at any of the the behind-the-scenes shots, you can clearly see that he doesn't have a face. And there are some angles, even in the episode, where you don't see his front, but you can pretty much tell there's no face. Yeah, it's always... Uh, always struck me as a little odd, but I love I love that little musical cue at the beginning. Um, always loved that. And this was, uh, uh, as I've mentioned in, in previous episodes, Thomas Gets Bumped was the first VHS that I ever had. So I have a lot of nostalgia for the episodes that were on that particular tape um, because that was really my first exposure to Thomas for, you know, for, for a little while until I got other tapes growing up. It was the first um, uh, exposure I had to to Thomas at all. I didn't really grow up with Shining Time Station in any way, and um, they, they actually, my parents had bought the the tape for my sister, who was a little bit older than me at the time. But uh, but I I happened to like it a lot more, and then it started a, a lifelong obsession, and that's why you're listening to both of us today. Um, but this particular episode was on that VHS, and uh, uh, so have, have quite a bit of nostalgia for actually all three of these episodes that we'll be discussing today, since all three of them were on that particular on that particular tape. Now this episode of course is based on domeless engines from, yes. uh, from the, the book, the eight famous engines. I mean, sorry, duck and the diesel engine rather. Yes. Um, but uh, it's, it's a good episode. Uh, I like, I like any episode. It's nice to have duck and duck and Edward, especially it's always nice to have Edward and Edward actually got, got some good stuff to do in season three with um, a little, little role here. But uh, Edward Trevor and the really useful party he has a nice, a nice little bit there, um, and then he has some, you know, he has some other bit parts in other episodes. So they didn't completely neglect him, uh, which was nice. I, I have to agree. I, I do like uh, Edward's part here as well as Ducks, and really this whole episode in general is, it's a great episode. I love the fast pace of it. I love the music. Uh, and, you know, we're not quite there yet, but I do love the uh, the scene of Gordon's dome just flying off completely, uh, which which we'll get to in a few minutes. But uh, I, I there's just something about this episode. It's, it's an exciting episode to me, at least. <laughs> it certainly is. And. Uh, and, you know, the the expansion and the the modification of the themes that were established in the first two seasons, which were you know, pretty similar for those seasons. Um, of course they switched uh, synthesizers for, for season three. So the, 
uh, Mike O'Donnell and Junior Campbell's modifications to their original themes are, are just great. Um, and uh, really set the stage for the way that they would score the series going forward. Yes, definitely. I, I think the music here is fantastic. Uh, we, 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 we just missed it, but I love that shot of, as I said, I love the shot of the dome flying off. And even more so, there's, there's just something about that shot of the dome hitting the rocks and falling into the water. I don't know what it is, but I've always really liked that shot. I, it is, it's a very satisfying shot. And that's the thing about season three is that I think part of the reason why I enjoy season three so much, it's very aesthetically pleasing. It is. I, I don't find it as aesthetically pleasing as season four, of course. Right. Um, the, the lighting is a bit harsher. Um, some of the, there's a, a lack of, there's more artificiality, I think, in a lot of the sets. Uh, it's definitely a lot brighter. It's more toy train-esque than season four, which has a more of a realistic warmth to it. Um, and then season five even is even more um, uh, toasty, as I've seen people describe in terms of it uh, always having a very kind of bright yellow hue to it. Right. But the, this season is very, it's just bright. It's, it's, it's like candy. Um, which is is appealing in a way, but uh, it definitely is more Dolby than, you know, say uh, Peter Edwards. Yeah, or John T. Kenny, as it were, in some cases. So, uh, but no, I I, I do agree. It's um, it's it's not my favorite aesthetic for the show, but it's a pretty decent one, I'd say. So. Yeah, absolutely. So. And that and that was Gordon and the Famous Visitor, uh, a good episode, not not one of my favorites, but uh, but uh, but definitely a, a decent episode, right? And then uh, moving into our next episode here, Donald's Duck. Um, let me just go ahead and uh, jump right into it, and you can press play now. And right from the get-go, I'll say this is not one of my favorite episodes. Um, it's not one I really ever rewatch. It's probably one of the episodes from the classic series. I've probably, other than as a kid, as I said, because it was on Thomas Gets Bumped, uh, at once I became, you know, kind of a, a born again Thomas fan uh, as, an, as an older child uh, and adult, it's not one I really ever sit around watching. I, there's something about it I'm just not super crazy about. I don't know. Um, I don't love this episode per se, but I do enjoy it quite a bit. I, um, I enjoy most of the uh, the railway series, but all over the Western Engine, and this is one of the stories from there. Of course, we wouldn't meet Oliver until almost the end of the season, but uh, you know, I I just kind of think that uh, Donald's Duck. It's it's not again not the best story in the world, but I I enjoy it. You know, it's uh, there's there's something about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. For for me, I would say the highlight of the episode is this this expanded ducks theme. Um, I just I like I like ducks theme as it's done here in this episode. Um, yeah, so uh, that's that's really my favorite part of this this particular this particular episode. And then of course we have this 
um, you know, this modification of this theme too. So it's just, just great. And I always nice when they're building something new in the TV series. Now, of course that would be abused to, to great lengths in later series. Every, every episode they're building something. Um, but, uh, but this was something different at the time for the series. Right. I mean, in five years previous in season two, they had spent half of the season building a vi- or rebuilding a viaduct and now, and building the harbor, actually, with uh, with Percy and, and Trevor. And the harbor as well. So, yes. Um, but, yeah, that Dutch theme, it's it's really nice. Um, I, think it's, I think it's really nice. I personally love episodes with Donald and Douglas, or at least the early episodes with them. Uh, I think the Scottish twins are... Uh, they're, they're among some of my favorite characters, and they have been ever since I was little. But uh, we don't... I, I I say we don't see a whole lot of them in season three, and I, that's probably not true. I'm sure they pop up more than I think they do, but uh, you know, it just feels like we don't see them a lot in seasons two and three, possibly because after season seven we don't see them for years. But uh, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, I don't know. There's just something about the Scottish twins that I really enjoy, and so uh, because. Donald is a main part of this episode. I mean, he, he's the title character, of course. You know, I, I really, I, I, I enjoy it for his part of the episode. And it's interesting in that this is the first time that we see Donald without Douglas, because normally we always see them together. True. Well, and that's, but that's more common going forward from this season onwards, because of course, you know, we, we have, um, you know, we we uh we see one of the other twin engines in escape and then uh and then in season four um you know one of them gives the advice to rusty and rusty to the rescue so they're not always together going forward um it wasn't really emphasized of them being together i suppose again until season six really when they had um in twin trouble very true but uh you know it's but but just you know coming off of season two it's just interesting because in their few episodes in season two they were always together and now of course those episodes were all based on the twin engines or in the one case thomas and the missing christmas tree but they were still all together uh in those episodes and so it is unique for to see for the first time uh them not being together uh but either way you know i i do think that you know the the pun is a little lame i guess uh, but I do like the imagery of a duck uh, just living at a station. Although I'm not, I'm not sure how health and safety would feel about that. But uh, you know, I'm I'm sure that there are stations that have pets. I mean, I know that there are stations that have cats and such as that. But uh, obviously, a duck and a cat are quite different. <laughs> no, I uh, absolutely agree, and uh, it's. It's a fine episode. It's it's not one of not one of my favorites um, of the of the season, or really of the classic series. Period. It it, it is notable though that it was would be the first instance of uh, George Carlin doing one of the the Twin Engines voices, and he uh, did the best of of anyone um, of doing the, the Scottish accents. So yes, uh, just just so good. Um, and now we move into Thomas Gets Bumped, which interesting in that the criticism leveled by the Audreys at season three was that uh, Thomas was being, you know, um, 
inserted into episodes where he didn't belong and, and things like that. But actually, if you look at season three, Thomas is bare. He might show up and have a scene or something like that or puff by. But most of the episodes and their justification for writing episodes was that they didn't have enough material that used Thomas. But Thomas actually barely stars in any of the episodes of season three. He is in he is the star of this episode. He technically the next episode is Thomas, Percy and the dragon, but it's really mostly about Percy. Thomas is barely in it. Um, Thomas, Percy and the mail train is mostly about Percy. Again, it, Thomas is barely in it. Um, and then he, he does happen to be the main person in, in, uh, in uh, trust Thomas. And then that is it until Thomas and Percy's mountain adventure. So he's literally barely in this season. That is, um, that, that is interesting in that, the the episodes that that have his name are the ones that he appears in and then aside from that he might make a very quick cameo appearance or have a line of dialogue but you're right he's barely in this he's he is barely in this season whatsoever and really the only episode where he is pretty much the complete star there there's only two and that's this and trust thomas and even trust thomas i would argue so much of that there's a lot of dialogue between Gordon and James. There's, you know, he's really, he's more kind of just an element in that episode. He's not really the star of that episode. So right, it's really interesting that he's actually barely in season three. He really only gets one episode where he's the star because every other time Percy kind of um, overshadows him, even in Thomas and Percy's mountain adventure, it's mostly Percy. Yeah. And like I said, Thomas, Percy and the mail train, half of the episode is Percy. So Thomas just comes in to to talk for a few minutes here and there. So right. it's it's very very odd. Um, but uh, but here we go. We'll we'll jump into one of Thomas's only main episodes <laughs> in, in season three, which is uh, Thomas gets bumped. Which also interestingly, in one of the Thomas storybooks released for season three, was also called Thomas Birdie and the Bumpy Line. I have that book, which was hmm. I believe originally released in the UK, but I, I got it somehow. It was it was released in America somehow. Um, but it, it does have that title, which is an interesting, um, interesting title. That is interesting. Hmm. I did not know that. But uh, yeah, so uh, I think we all have that loaded up. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, press play now. Now. This is also the first completely non-Audrey-influenced story. All of the, the first five episodes were all either, either complete book-to-screen adaptations or expanded adaptations of Audrey stories, as were uh, seasons, all of seasons one and two. All of the, um, e- even the non-railway series stories had been written by the Audreys. Uh, this is the first non-Audrey story. It was, in fact, written by Andrew Brenner for a magazine. And uh, it, it's interesting that Andrew Brenner would later become the showrunner, but he was connected to the series as early as season three, possibly earlier. I, I really do. Uh, I like this episode a lot. Now, again, I, I it's partly nostalgia, <laughs> but I, I do think it's a good episode. I think it's I like I like how it explores the mechanics of running the line um, and in terms of the, the interaction between Thomas's branch line service and birdies service to the passengers as well. I, I think it's, it's nice to show that dynamic and it's nice. It's nice that in this season, we do have two episodes that really uh, feature birdie quite a bit. And 
actually they're the two they're the only two episodes that are thomas's main roles which are this and trust thomas both involve both stories are the main driving force of them has to do with birdie um so it, it's quite interesting you know that's a good point and i hadn't really thought about that until you brought it up but this uh those two episodes they really do they're a nice expansion on the thomas and birdie friendship and obviously we get moments of that throughout the series but um you know it, it's it's kind of cool that each season or at least each of the first three seasons at least has at least one episode or more that is dedicated to the Thomas and Birdie friendship. Of course, we start out with uh, Thomas and Birdie's great race. And then we have a few episodes in season two that involve the two of them. And now we have this one and trust Thomas. So. Yeah. And I, I always loved this little scene here on the station uh, with the little musical cue as he looks around. It is a nice musical cue, yeah. And it, and in this season, they really Napford really feels a lot bigger for some reason. And this this in season four, it feels a lot bigger in there than it does in season two and one. I, I don't know why, um, but it just feels like a much bigger station inside, which I like. I, I think the set is actually quite a bit bigger, though. Um, maybe it's just the way they shot it. I don't know, but it it just you're right. It does feel big, and I don't know if that's because the sea the the set itself is bigger or if they just shot it differently. But this is, I, I love Thomas. I mean, I, I know there's a you know, fan pushback against Thomas and saying, oh, he's, you know, I like all the other characters better. I think in some cases that's just a case of people wanting to be contrarian. Uh, but I, I really do love Thomas. I, I, he's, a, he's a great character, and I like episodes that focus on him and his branch line. Um, so this is, and Bertie, I, I love Bertie. So this is a, this is a good episode and, and probably one of my, definitely one of my favorites of the season. I I like this episode. I I don't think it's one of my favorites. Uh, I I do like this episode though, um, and I find that I like it more as I grow older. I wasn't a huge fan of this episode as a kid uh, for some reason. I don't know why, but um, I I it's grown on me a bit as the years go by. And then Birdie just pulled up to the Farquhar station without the sign on it. Yeah. Oh, good. Superman's hat is on properly this time. <laughs> if, if you listen to if you've listened to the previous commentary we did, uh, Orion made note that uh, Sir Superman's hat in in several episodes of season three has an issue with staying on, and so that's I'm I'm making reference to that. If if this is the first episode you're listening to, go back to the previous episode and listen to that one as well. You know, I mean, on the whole, I think this is a decent episode. Uh, again, not necessarily one of my favorites, but it's it's very well done, I think, and and it is one that uh, grows on me more as as I as I grow older and as the years go by. Right, and as far as the original stories that were written for season three go, I think it's I think it's quite good. Um, yeah, the, some of the original stories were not so good. So and we'll, get to, <laughs> we'll get into those. Um, but this is, I think one of the better ones yeah. and uh, was more, I would say it, it was more true to the spirit of the railway series and more true to the spirit of the two preceding seasons in that this, this episode really feels like a Christopher Audrey story. Um, 
I would say it's it's almost the closest to any of these any of the the stories that were written for the TV series that feel like a Christopher story. This feels like it could have been in more about Thomas the Tank Engine or really useful engines. It, it feels like Mind That Bike or Stop Thief or Better Late Than Never. Um, and not just because of the Thomas and Birdie connection, but just because of the, the general vibe of the episode just really, really feels that way. Now that's a very interesting point. And now that you mention it, you're quite right. It, it does feel like Andrew Brenner was kind of channeling Christopher Audrey when he wrote this story. Now, of course it was adapted by uh, Britt Allcroft and David Mitten. And I, I, don't have any of the magazines i've never read any of the magazines so i don't know how true to the original story any of these adaptations were uh but you know i i do have to wonder if maybe andrew brenner or Britt and david were channeling christopher audrey in this episode so because that's that's a good point and i hadn't thought about it until then because that's another thing is that the stories that were written by christopher they never started out as my favorites, but over time I've grown to like them more and more. And so I think that that might be part of why Thomas gets bumped has that effect on me as well. Uh, maybe because it, it is so similar to Christopher's style of writing. So that's interesting. According, according to the wiki, this is based on the um, magazine stories, Hello Thomas and A Bump on the Line. Yes. Yes, it is. So it's uh, interesting. I mean, obviously these these uh, magazines were would not have been released in in the U.S. So no, um, but nothing that we would have seen at the time. And actually, this this story, hello, the story, hello, Thomas, um, was based or was released in 1987. So that was actually uh, you know obviously quite a bit earlier than than this particular one. And then a bump on the line. That particular story was uh, was actually from 1988. Yes. So, uh, yeah, quite, that is, quite interesting. That is quite interesting, yes. So, uh, but no, it's, it's nice to see. And, you know, I'm, I know everyone has their opinions about, um, you know, about whether they should have stuck to Audrey stories or, uh, or not. And, you know, I, I, I think that of the Audrey stories that were adapted... Uh, you know, I I think we got some of the better stories adapted. Um, a lot of the other Audrey stories just wouldn't have either wouldn't have worked or wouldn't have worked on the budget and the style that they were doing at the time. I mean, we we've seen Audrey stories work better in more recent history, but, you know, that's with a, a different style and, you know, a slightly better budget and such as that. Um, because, uh, I don't know, there are just some Audrey stories that I don't think would have worked adapted to television. And so say what you will about, you know, oh, they should have stuck to the Audrey stories or whatever. But I think the decision to start writing their own stories or make adaptations of other types of stories written by other people was a decent one. It wouldn't always work, but, you know, it for their time, I think it was a pretty decent idea myself. I absolutely agree. Um, and uh, so, yeah, those were the um, next three episodes of season three. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed our, our views on those particular episodes. And we hope you enjoyed watching along with us. You can 
find us on Anchor, our home, um, also available on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many other podcast platforms, and then connect with us. Uh, give us some feedback. Uh, you know, reach, reach out to us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what episodes um, you're looking forward to us doing, any opinions on these particular episodes that we, uh, that we did a commentary on here, your general views on, on Season 3. And you can find us on Twitter at TalkingThomas1 and on Facebook.com slash TalkingThomasPod. And uh, so, yeah, thanks so much for listening, and we uh, will uh, catch you next time. Yep. Have a good day, everyone.